Welcome to the Vodcast Podcast. I don't know if it's picked up on the mic or not, but I'm Don, and this is Scott, who has started doing Duolingo again. Uh-huh. Como esta? Oh, you're you're way in there. Oh, yeah. Well, you're, you're like, what, 6,000 things away? I was going to see what... The streak is next to the fire. Oh, dang. 1,201 days of Spanish, and I still can't translate anything in Despacito. Okay. Mike. And by the time you hear this, Despacito will be a classic rock tune <laughs> or pop tune. Well, we're, so like I started doing that with my daughters so that we're going to learning we're learning Spanish together. Ah. So then she's going to pick it up a lot faster than you probably. And, I, and I've got someone to talk to now. So now it's oh. not just me and an app. It's me and my kids were talking Spanish with each other. That's nice. And then my brother owns a Mexican restaurant. So then we're going to go <laughs> hardcore. Does your brother speak good Spanish, or is he... Oh, no, he's he's way fluent. Oh, jerk. So he studied it in school, and then oh. he actually went abroad for like six months, and he actually said that you don't really learn a language until you have no choice but to engulf yourself into it. Yeah. So he went to a Spanish-speaking country for about six months, and... Um, Picked it up really quickly. And so a lot of his staff is actually Spanish speaking. And, and so, no, he's he pretty much that's his life is speaking both languages. So mm-hmm. that's great. I do. When I was in Mexico City for the whopping 10 days, my broken, lousy Spanish was probably better than my 1,201 day Duolingo streak Spanish. Really? Yeah, I felt like it was it, even though it was broken at times and like the conversations seemed like they were like clunky i still felt like there was a better handle on okay it. That now like it takes me time to warm up like to get it going i had two years ago mm-hmm. i had a really good conversation with i got an uber from a guy who lived in the states for like a month who spoke better english than i spoke spanish oh wow but we had a good conversation but i remembered going through my kids ages mm-hmm. and i told him my daughter was like a year older or younger or something than she really was and okay. i was like you know what i'm not correcting it because i don't know how to say I was wrong. Estoy mal. No, that's not it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, el mucho wrongo. Like, but, no, that's, I did really well there. I had a conversation with a guy at a Cuban restaurant and he complimented me for having a lack of accent. Okay. Which is, I guess a lot of times you get like a heavy Spain accent when you learn uh, through school. Oh, really? So he complimented me on lack of accent, but he was actually from Mexico oh. working in a Cuban restaurant. Oh, so oh, oh, wow. Okay. It was pretty cool. That was okay. a neat conversation. He was, I, he was very patient. Like, he wasn't, you know, he didn't give it out, like, shut up and speak English. See, <laughs> I always have this dream of, like, going on, playing some video games online, finding, like, a good Spanish-speaking people um, and being able to, and it's never worked. Like, in my mind, it works great. You know, like, I start talking and, you know, <laughs> they, they yell at me and, and I don't care because I don't know what they're saying. But eventually, like, I can you know, be able to start to figure out what they're saying. And again, every, I always get English people and it's like, that's no fun. And when I'm on, you know, another system, I, I end up like getting a bunch of Japanese people. So it's there, either English or Japanese. It's not in the Duolingo app, but there's a, there are stories that you can translate. They mm-hmm. like wrote some stories um, on the Duol- Duolingo website mm-hmm. and you still get like your experience so you can hit your streak or whatever. Right. Um, I found those to be really helpful because you're seeing a lot of the stories have like actual conversation. Oh, okay. And some are just goofy. It's like, you know, the dog wears a sweater or something, right. you know, like kind of little kid level stuff. But, okay. Um, and they have a podcast I haven't listened to yet because I'm too busy listening to my podcast, right? And subscribe, podcast.podbean.com. Uh-huh. You know, I listen um, to it all the time. Yes. 
I listen to it all the time. If I lived it, do I have to listen to it? No, I don't. I don't listen to it except for I listen to it before I post it, okay. so that I can hear like where we. If I have to edit anything or okay. anything like goofed or uh, I'll be honest, I thought we're recording, but we never did. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm just scared of myself. I'm scared of myself like talking, and so I'm like, well, what if I don't like what I sound like? No, I got over a lot of that. Um, when I used to do a lot of public speaking, like when I do a lot more preaching or mm-hmm. um, stuff like that, because you hear yourself in the monitor. <clears throat> right. And so that's like kind of disconcerting at first. Okay. And I've learned to like kind of shut it out. Okay. You would hate having headphones on because I hear you, me, and then I hear like kind of an external you. Okay. Because I, d- I don't know what my external me sounds like. I know that what my internal me sounds like yeah. and I sound pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm afraid of well, like what uh, I really sound like. Do we tell him? <laughs> no, I I understand that completely. So it's yeah. kind of weird here. Near I I listened to um a couple of sermons that I preached a while ago just to see like how they were. I kind of re-listened to myself and I was like, I can't listen to myself for 45 minutes. <laughs> Those poor people got subjected to this. Like, right. <laughs> I have a oh why do I say that a lot? Why do I do that? See, that's why we do this for fun, people. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, if we had to polish this up or something, we'd probably serve our people better. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'd never have a podcast. We, we believe in raw, and we just don't have time. Yeah, I do very little touch up, like on it at all. And and when he makes a joke, which you if you if you're this far on the podcast and go, oh, I'm not going to fix that. He, he probably really doesn't fix it. Yeah, there's been a there's one time when I had said something that I did not realize in some countries was a swear word. <laughs> Oh, I remember that. Yeah, and I had to edit that out because I did not know it because I'm a dumb American. Yeah. Um, and uh, no, I think I said something one time too. I don't know. There's one time when your wife came downstairs. I edited most of that out. Not the recent one. Oh, that, 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 that I don't know. oh, is that in or did we? Did I pause that? I don't know. Your wife might be in that one. That one's funny. I think there's a couple that yeah. And then we had one where a couple of times where kids have come in where I've kind of smoothed it over or whatever. Right. But yeah, most of it I just leave. Okay. I adjust levels if things are weird or right. whatever, but yeah, it's all. And if I ever were to do this podcast by myself, you'd really be raw because I have no clue what I'm doing. You'd be like, hello, everybody. I'd uh, just sit here and talk. I don't know if I could talk to myself in a podcast in any way. Do they have like single people podcasts? Is that a thing? Yeah, well, I, is that like a sermon? Kinda. Some, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I'll listen to a podcast where maybe there'll be a host, but they're often like interspersed with other things. So they might like be either with an interview or maybe they'll say something, then an expert will say something, but it's kind of like edited in as okay. opposed to being just straight up. But um, I think a lot of those are done like in major studio editing. Right. Like you get a lot more professional stuff out of it. Okay. I don't know. I don't... Obviously, we're not professional. I always joke we have like $300 worth of stuff here or whatever. I don't know if it's that much. Yeah. We've, pr- we've probably paid more for hosting than we have for the stuff we okay. freaking podcast with. Right. Yeah. A couple $20 microphones. One of these days, I'm going to spend the 30 bucks and get the cables and see if we can record it on an iPad. Ooh. Dude, that, that'll be so much easier to carry around. I was going to say, yeah, you just had this little thing. Like, I do a video game club at school, and, like, once I switch to a bunch of switches, 
switches. To, My, to I almost call them Microsoft switches. Microsoft switches. Yeah, well, Nintendo right. would like be mad. Oh yeah, but they have the Nintendo Xbox One, right? Uh, of course they do. Yeah. And I so like now about. that I can put all the switches into like two bags and just put them on my back, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah you seen that? Wherever I put the bag, that <coughs> bag I have, that's mm-hmm. like cut down from two bags. Oh yeah. Before, but I had to like get one bag big enough, basically. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to take this down even farther. If it was like an iPad, dude, that bag would weigh nothing. Just <laughs> carry it around, get the two microphones in the yeah. bag. And, and for anyone who cares, <clears throat> that was a lot of static. Sorry. For anybody who cares, I use a 10-year-old MacBook. Um, so it's got a good weight to it when I carry it around. <laughs> but it works. Does it have a DV? Does it like still have like a, a, an optical drive or something? Yeah, I think so. Whoa, yeah. that yeah, is old school. Side. Yeah, the whole right side of it's an optical right. drive. See, yeah. that's how old school he is. It yeah. still has one of those drives in it. it, it it's got eight gigs of RAM. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, it's got a nice 7,200 RPM drive in it. Okay. I thought about putting a flash-based solid state in, mm-hmm. but those are just like kind of expensive. Yep. And I don't think I'm going to... If I do go to iPad recording, I'm going to give this to one of my kids and they're not going to need flash-based storage. They'll have a computer you can't upgrade the operating system on anymore. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Anyway. Okay, so uh, that was our 20 minutes of banter. Yep. I've been leaving notes at the beginning like, hey, if you want to skip past lately, so. So what are we at now? Way too long. Oh, way too long? Like nine minutes. Oh, dang. That's like more than usual. Dude, all right. We, shut up and get into this we need to get into some Deuteronomy. Yeah. All right. So we're in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 24, yes. um, 24, 5 to be exact. And we've been going through a lot of miscellaneous laws. Um, some of them in, involve um, not appropriate for kids. Some of them maybe not appropriate for anybody. <laughs> um, but all of them, um, many of them still applicable to today. Yeah. Um, and I think, of, oh, go oh, sorry. I think this one, I know we put a warning on a, the last couple of podcasts, but I don't think unless Scott gets potty mouth or something, um, I don't think you should have any worry with your kids on this one. Um, so it should be safer listening than the last like three weeks or so mm-hmm. or three episodes. Yep. I was about ready to throw like some of those examples in, but then I was like, then we have to mark this not appropriate yeah. for kids, right? Yeah. Right. Ta- so parents, this time your kids can sit with you and listen to our soothing, weird sounding external voices. Absolutely. So what I proposed, what we're going to do is just kind of go, we're at a section in uh, chapter 24 that has a lot of miscellaneous laws in it. And we're just going to kind of go like law by law and see how far we get in a reasonable amount of time. I thought that would be just kind of, the best way. There's one law that if we get to it, I'm I've got kind of a lot on. So, but most of them are, you know, kind of what you see is what you get. Pretty short. Yep. Yeah. So. All right. So twenty four five. Yeah. You do you want to read it? Sure. All right. Bear with me as I read this incredibly long passage. Yeah. Fire in the hole. When a man is nearly or when a man is newly wet or married, he shall wait, wait, wait. try that again. Little bit of blah, blah. Okay, there you start go. over. Reverse. When a man is newly married. He shall not go out with the army or be liable for any other public duty. He shall be free at home one year to be happy with his wife whom he has taken. There you go. So this is the part where I'm I'm trying not to explain happy with his wife. Well, that's funny you should say that (laughs) because we're not putting a not safe for work on this. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) But it ties in though, doesn't it? 
uh, yeah, um, there's some, we kind of talked a little bit about this in like Deuteronomy 20, mm-hmm. 5, 20, verse 5-ish. Yes. Um, we kind of had like the inverse of this, and this one's a little bit more um, kind of, it, it's the same thing, but it's kind of laid out a little bit different, which I thought was interesting. Um, this one focuses on a married man. Oh, did you want to read it like 25 through 8 is what my um, note says. So 20? Yeah, this is Deuteronomy 25 through 8. Okay. Then the uh, <coughs> officers shall speak to the people saying, is there any man who has built a new house and has not dedicated it? Let him go back to his house lest he die in the battle and another man dedicate it. And is there any man who has planted a vineyard and has not enjoyed its fruit? Let him go back to his house lest he die in the battle and another man enjoy his fruit. And is there any man who has bothered him a wife or betrothed a wife? <laughs> any man who's bothering <laughs> man, his wife. I cannot talk tonight. Um, this is the one I'm most important, so this is the one you're going to screw up. Yeah, any man who's and, and I just lost it. Um, Eight, right? Uh, nope. Seven? Oh, seven. And is there any man who has betrothed a wife and has not taken her? Mm, taken her. Let him go back to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man take her. Safe for work. <laughs> Safe for home. I didn't say anything. Well, well that, so that one is actually talking about a man who is betrothed and not yet married. Um, he's saying before he has taken her as a wife. Oh, okay. Kind of thing. Oh, that's this, true. I say this one, on the other hand, is actually speaking to the married man. Right. So and this. It's, uh, it, the things that I... To the, be happy with his wife. Yeah, there's, there's nothing um, like... Now I'm kind of like, in this one, the the full indication is that he's married, obviously, as opposed to betrothed. And he's saying you should have that first year at home. And this one, instead of like um, being for his personal satisfaction, being able to get married and all that stuff, (laughs) stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one is about him uh, making his wife happy. So it's kind of the reverse of, or kind of the inverse of the other one. And this one, instead of being not married yet, he's married. And in this one, he is, um, like, it's about him, like, actually, gosh, I can't say anything around you. You're like, you're like, <laughs> you're like coasting with a 12-year-old. So <laughs> I teach high school, by the way. <laughs> I have an excuse. Uh, you make me go back and have to put an intro on this. It says, <laughs> so it says... So ultimately, to be happy was okay. In order to, ha- hmm, yeah, well, we leave it at that. <laughs> this one is just a little bit different. It's the the law is the new still the idea that he should be putting together a foundation of marriage, right? But the new couple also needs time to become parents, and so when you're thinking about inheritance and you're thinking about the family line, um, they do want to be able to have kids. Mm-hmm. So there is that aspect of giving that full year to be able to, to begin to um, build a family, um, to continue the family name. Um, and that's not something that necessarily can happen if you die. And, and we're going to get into, I think... Or, or even if you don't die, but if you're right. like pulled away for, is this is like any other public duty... Um, <laughs> Every parent is sweating right now and it's listening to this with their kids. Um, but he said duty. Sorry, that's what we talked about last week. <laughs> that's my head hitting the microphone. But anyway, when this you get into I think podcast is a wreck. <laughs> <laughs> when we get later on, we get into the what is it, the left right marriage or whatever, where um so in twenty five we'll we'll talk about um where if if the the 
man dies, that there is the the job of of other to go ahead and take that role. Mm. And so one of the things is if they can produce a son or produce a kid before then, um, then you can continue that family line and and not necessarily have to get into those details. However, um, if you... That usually involves being happy with your new wife. There you go. Or the vice versa. So let's uh, cut the parents a break. (laughs) And uh, go into the next law, unless you have more to say about this one. No, I'm good, but you might have to read, because I'm not done laughing. All right. uh, 24-6, do not take... Now, this is... Hold on, let me... Should I pull... I I have an NIV version in front of me. Is that cool? Um, Sure. All right. It's going to sound different. Uh, it's because I'm reading right out of the commentary. I, I left my Bible at home. Oh. Um, do not take a pair of millstones, not even the upper one, as security for a debt, because that would mean taking a man's livelihood as security. I'm going to... Is that clear? Or does your say anything starkly different? Um, mine says, no one shall take a mill or an upper millstone and pledge, for that would be taking a life and pledge. Okay, I'm going to... So, uh, do you have anything on that, or... Yeah, I'm just pulling up the same chapter on here in case I have to read again. Oh, yeah. So... I got my phone now. What? No, 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 it's fine. I just... um, This is uh, looking at um, basically somebody who is poor and had to take out a loan or somebody that is looking to borrow uh, something to help them financially. And usually this is from uh, uh, what you could tell from like ancient Near Eastern practices is that this was a matter of like taking uh, a collateral for a debt. So saying, hey, I'm going to take this until you pay me back. Well, what God is saying here is like, do not take a person's livelihood. Don't take the thing that would help them to actually survive as collateral. Like that's not a good idea. And uh, like the millstone basically uh, was made up of two parts. You had the bottom that weighed like 10 or 20 pounds that you would actually grind against. And then you had the uh, <coughs> top part that was called the rider stone that weighed like five pounds. And um, basically what would happen is sometimes they would say like, well, you know what, we'll, we won't take the whole thing. We'll just take part of it. But then they would take the top stone, thus making the bottom stone still essentially worthless. And God's saying, don't, don't even pull shady tactics like that. Don't do tricky stuff and make it look like you're a nice guy. Because if you do that, you're still, you know, taking away the person's ability to potentially feed his family or potentially uh, eke out a living by, you know, either grinding grain or making bread or something like that. Yeah. Which would ultimately, <laughs> again, the millstone would be used to, to help with food and um, to, to produce daily bread and that sort of thing. So especially as a poor man or just as a family in general, this might be their very livelihood, their very opportunity to eat. Um, many of these things that we've been talking about the past couple weeks ultimately protect <clears throat> protect the weaker party because when you really look in, in society back here, back then, but even in today, it is usually the stronger that and the more prominent that take um, take advantage of the weaker. Mm-hmm. And so once again, you have God kind of setting out laws and guidelines to help protect the the weaker parties. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So that's basically it on that one. Yeah, and and I think that's something that's still relevant to today. Also, I mean, I think there's there's many opportunities for for greed in our society um, to ultimately I, take advantage of the poor. And when I look at so Ohio has laws, very strict laws against payday lending, uh, which was one of those things where like 
you would go to a payday lender and say, hey, something bad has happened. I'm broke. I need, you know, 500 bucks to keep the lights on or to pay the rent or whatever happens to be. So they would lend it to you and then they would charge you maybe another hundred bucks uh, worth of interest on that. And so you'd go back to pay it back and say, hey, you know what? I'm still making the same amount of money that made me have to borrow this in the first place. So um, can I float that loan a little longer? They're like, sure, but it's going to be another $30 in interest. And then you go back and you still owe on it. And they're saying, well, that's another $30. So before you know it, for 500 bucks, people were literally paying thousands of dollars. And Ohio said, no, you can't do that. You got to cap off the interest at a certain point. <clears throat> well, that drove payday lending in Ohio out of business for our, you know, pretty much you don't see them anymore. But what happened in turn of that became what was called the title loan. And what you can do in Ohio is you can take your car title to a place and they will give you a loan, uh, basically holding your car's title as a lien. So, it, you know, you go in there and say, Hey, I need 500 bucks and, um, I will give you my car title until I pay it back. And if you don't pay it back, then they get your car. So you take in your, you know, $2,000 Honda uh, Accord or whatever. And, you know, basically, if you don't pay it back, they're taking your livelihood from you. So this is kind of a law that is almost mirrored today that we don't have a safeguard for. We're saying we'll take your means of getting to work or getting, you know, to school or whatever happens to be as collateral. And that's almost the same idea here. They're, they're saying don't take for collateral something that is a vital of vital importance. And before you people with good public transportation say like, well, they just take the bus. <laughs> Welcome to Ohio. Yep. Cincinnati, not so much. I got a car accident. I had to take the bus for a couple of days. It was one of the worst experiences and most inconvenient times of my life. So it's not, our public transportation is absolutely horrible. Yeah. Not in Cincinnati, not in Cincinnati. All right, so don't. It's still relevant today. Make sure you don't abuse it. If you lend someone money, well, if they're if they're believers, technically you're not supposed to charge them interest at all. But definitely, don't take their livelihood as collateral. Um, so with that, the next one is Deuteronomy twenty four seven. If a man is found stealing one of his brothers of the people of Israel, and if he treats him as a slave or sells him, then that thief shall die. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. See, the NIV is a little bit more. If a man is caught kidnapping one of his brother Israelites, so this is a case of kidnapping. Yeah, this is a case of kidnapping. Yeah. And and so ultimately what, what I found is, is even though there's no killing, um, it's an act of social murder was kind of what Christopher Wright wrote. Um, and so because you were taking them or cutting them off from their covenant people and being sold presumably as a slave or something, um, ultimately... <clears throat> That was the same as, as murder. Mm -hmm. And so the punishment is still the same, being death. I also, in addition to that, just have the whole idea that um, taking a person as a slave is <laughs> demoting their personhood and removing their, uh, robbing their dignity from them. Okay. Um, so you're taking that person and saying, you're, you're property now, you're no longer person. And as we can see, there's a lot of laws prior to this against taking somebody... Um, in his property that's a fellow Jew, there's a lot of rules set up around that. So definitely taking somebody as property against their will or against, um, you know, like if they're being kidnapped from their parents or whatever and making them a slave is even more uh, detrimental or more grievous. I, I'm not necessarily against the punishment that's set out for that either. Um, that's, so a, that's a, like, I think kidnapping now gets you just like 10 years in jail. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like... like what? 
Well, sometimes I think our crimes aren't strong enough. That's why they keep happening. No, no, the crimes are strong. Or no, the, not the crimes. I'm sorry, the punishments. Yeah, crimes are plenty I don't strong. Think we got a <laughs> crazy enough criminals yet. <laughs> we need worse criminals. Yeah, no, yeah, I don't. <clears throat> um, there's some crimes that are like overkill as far as punishment goes, um, but they're really weird things. So actually, so there's one in Ohio. Did I mention this a couple weeks ago? The, the tires? Yeah, the tires. You did. I'm pretty sure on here, but. What is it? It's a felony if you have 20 so, tires. So um, in Ohio, people were, were not properly disposing of tires. So Ohio allowed an incentive program for you to go ahead and, well, first they put through a um, thing where if you carried more than 10 um, scrap tires, that's a felony. And you can't downgrade that. And so then at the same time, though, or around the same time, they also created like a, a government program where if you brought your scrap tires in they would pay you for them so people were bringing in their scrap tires carrying more than 10 and getting felonies for them and it was a government program they were bringing them in and actually the law is still in place today like um, um i know someone that's a that's a lawyer and ultimately there's been times where they have to prosecute and they really and they're innocent people that had no clue um, that that this was even a, a thing. They get caught. It's a, a guaranteed felony. We, we, we should get a billboard that says, like, 10 tires. That's a felony. Right. <laughs> Podcast.podbean.com. <laughs> what does this have to do with tires? Hey, we get people to listen to our podcast, <laughs> and we save them from a felony. I, I think it's funny because I have seen, like, you know, we, in my neighborhood we have – a joke that if you put something on the curb, it's only there for like 20 minutes mm-hmm. before like the junk haulers come and get it. Yeah. I've seen pickup trucks full of tires. Yeah. I don't even know if half the police know to like pull them over, like, or if they even care much to. Yeah. I, I was going to say, cause well, once you get a felony, you have trouble getting a job. Right. You have trouble. I mean, I don't think you can vote. Right. Um, you have trouble getting, um, an apartment or loans and things like so like right. you really screw up a person's life for having 10 tires in their car i almost thought about looking up like what's the felony punishment for kidnapping but i don't want that on my, <laughs> on my internet history. all of a sudden you're at work so don yeah. we need to have a discussion uh, don about, the police are here to talk to you <laughs> why you don't have a job anymore yeah but no i was i'm wondering what the difference because that's what i mean we have some laws that are super strict or super hard like the guy that i knew that stole a bunch of computers from my job that got a 90 days oh yeah house arrest and it's like you know that dude stole hundreds of thousands worth of computers mm-hmm. and probably got a punishment that would be more apt for tire felonies yeah or, you know so but yeah with this kidnapping being a bit more of a a harsh kill them kind of penalty we did we see the seriousness in uh like you said, basically socially killing somebody. Mm-hmm. And then we also see the uh, seriousness in degrading a person's dignity or to rob a person of their dignity. Yep. So there, there is some serious weight behind this law because it's more serious than you think. Right. Um, we make kidnapping jokes or we see movies where the, you know, the kidnapping victim gets released back to the parents and everything's fine. But like, there's really a lot more that goes into that. And, you know, there's a lot more people that don't get returned mm-hmm. back. And I'm sure in the ancient Near East, it, in some cases, it may have been harder to track mm-hmm. uh, a, a person, you know. Well, I mean, you've got so much 
what prostitution and different than child pornography and child. I mean, you've got a lot of things that that. Oh, you I, mean, I mean, yeah, in today's day. Yeah, and I mean, I was so like, where, you so there's that? a no, there's a lot of kidnapping in today's day and age mm-hmm. that that still happens. I mean, even in Cincinnati, I mean, there was a thing I think last summer where someone was in a fairly. So I live in the city, but but in one of our, our fairly prominent suburbs that was trying to steal kids from local parks. Um, so Loveland. So it's yeah, one of those. No, <laughs> so it's one of those that you know those things still happen, um, and so yeah. Um, so I'm I'm not really against that punishment. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, moral of the story, don't kidnap. It's not nice. Yeah. Um, and don't put 10 scrap tires in the back of your car if you live in <laughs> Ohio. Yeah. Be careful driving through here, boy. We're 300 miles of danger. <laughs> uh, you want to read the next one about leprosy? <clears throat> leprosy. Um, take care in a case of leprous disease to be very careful to do according to all that the Levitical priest shall direct you as I commanded them. So you shall be careful to do. Remember what the Lord your God did to Miriam on the way as you came out of Egypt. So this is a loaded section. You go first. All right. He might have more than I did. So I got got like two paragraphs. Small paragraphs, but I got like two paragraphs. Okay. So what I did have is leprous diseases, and this um, has a a cool Hebrew word that I can't pronounce, Um, and it probably did not indicate the leprosy that that we're used to with a Hansen's disease type of leprosy. Um, Usually it was characterized by a scaly or flaky flesh, um, roughness, redness, maybe an itch. Um, Usually it was some sort of skin disease. Leviticus 13 and 14, um, apparently the Levites, um, have a lot of rules as to what they're supposed to do in these situations. Um, and it seems to hit a lot of the different areas. Now I'm no doctor, so I don't know if there's more opportunities, but Leviticus takes two full chapters to discuss. <laughs> um, if it looks like this, do this. If it looks like this, do this. Go outside the camp, this and this. Um, now they did mention Miriam, and maybe you can fill me in on that, because I could not, which is, happens in Numbers 12, I could not figure out why they mentioned it um, and what that would have to do with kind of what what they're communicating in this part of the passage. So I'm going to let you take it away because that's all I got. And I wasn't really sure how that fit in there. All right. I'm going to this is not uh, things that I necessarily got out of a commentary. These are just things that I thought of. I think I had a little bit of uh, prompting. So I'm going to read to you uh, the numbers 12, 10 through 15. So basically the story of Miriam. <clears throat> and then we'll dissect the a couple of layers that we have here. So uh, verse 10, when the cloud... Oh, you know what? I got to go up actually a little bit above that. Um, I'm going to start twelve one. You guys are going to get some bonus Old Testament Ooh, here today. Ooh, bonus Old Testament. So uh, we'll start twelve one. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman he had married. For he had married a Cushite woman. A lot of people like to take that as one of the most clear anti-racism sections of the Bible, is that Moses married somebody from potentially a different race. They actually have no idea what a Cushite woman was, where she came from. Um, A lot of people assume that she might have been of like an African descent or might have had a darker skin color. Um, Others think it might have just been a tribal kind of thing, like she was a Cushite, she wasn't an Israelite. Uh, so she would have been an outsider, kind of stuff like that. And I'm not going to say that you're wrong. I'm not going to say that that's not part of what was going on here, but it actually, as we read through, you'll see how it kind of gets a little bit deeper than 
uh, it goes. It's more than skin deep. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll put. Oh, it. Okay. oh. oh. Um, anyway, and they had said, "Has the Lord spoken only through Moses? Has He not spoken through us also?" And the Lord heard it. So they're basically questioning, like, "Hey, wait a minute. Is Moses really the only person that God talks to? Haven't we heard God speak as well?" Um, and so the Lord overhearing it, it says, "Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who are on the face of the earth." So Moses is like. He ain't flaunting his power. He's a quiet, reserved sort of guy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because, like, when he gets angry, bro gets angry. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. But most cases, he's just kind of, yeah, whatever, guys. It's cool. You know, let's not worry about it. Um, and suddenly the Lord said to Moses and to Aaron and Miriam, come out, you three, to the tent of meeting, the tabernacle. And the three of them came out. And the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam and both came forward. And he said, Hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision, or I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak mouth to mouth clearly and not in riddles. And he beholds, and he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. When the cloud removed from over the tent, Miriam was leprous like snow. And Moses turned, or sorry, and Aaron turned towards Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, do not punish us, because we have done foolishly and have sinned. Let her not be one, oh gosh, I can't read either. I need my glasses, sorry. Let her not be as one dead, whose flesh is half eaten away, when he comes out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried to the Lord, O God, please heal her, please. But the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, she should not be shamed seven days. Let her be shut outside the camp for seven days, and after that she may be brought in again. So Miriam was shut outside the camp seven days, and the people did not uh, set out to march until Miriam was brought in again. After that, the people... Sorry, after that, the people set out from Hazaroth and camped in the wilderness of Paran. So the gist of all that that I just read um, is not so much that what they, like there, it wasn't just the fact that they were upset, like who Moses married and there was a a racism There was a better there is that they took God's favored servant and spoke against him. So they were basically questioning the authority that God had put in place over them. He goes to say, um, you know, I when when he speaks all the prophets. So when you think of all the other prophets in the Old Testament, when you think of guys like Daniel, you think of guys like Ezekiel. When you think of the people that saw visions, there are riddles, visions. Like it wasn't the way he speaks to Moses one on one. He doesn't like you know, kick back his feet and dictate the Ten Commandments to these other prophets. There's like usually kind of a layer between uh, direct speaking and the prophet. There's, you know, uh, many times I was taken up in a vision. I saw in a vision. I saw the Lord standing in a vision. Like there's not the actual one-on-one face-to-face conversation going on between God and these other prophets. Moses has like a special place and he is put in charge and they start to question that. Well, haven't we also heard from God? And, you know, Aaron has this problem anyway of not always trusting God and trying to make up his own stuff. Well, God's not speaking, so let's make a calf, you know, kind of thing. So there's a lot of listen to those who God has put in charge of you 
respect the order. So when you get to this verse in Deuteronomy, he says, be very careful to do exactly as the priests who are Levites instruct you. You must follow carefully what I have commanded them. So he's basically saying, when you have leprosy, don't think like, oh, it's just a little skin rash. I can avoid this. I don't have to listen to them. I can just hide this. He said, remember, I gave this command. I put these guys in charge. You need to follow the orders because this is what I've commanded. So there's an authoritarian <clears throat> thing happening here. <clears throat> so it's less about ob- it's less about leprosy and more about obedience to those that God has put in charge. Yeah, there there's like don't think that this is just a little thing that you can avoid. Don't think that just because you have something that can be hidden or that you have something that doesn't appear to be serious that you're you're fine with disobeying my commandments. Right, right. I mean, this obviously is a, a part about leprosy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is, like you said, two chapters dedicated to it. Right. Um, and we, you, you know, we see time and time again throughout the Old Testament, many examples of leprosy being uh, an issue, you know, amongst various uh, b- uh, books and stories in the Bible and stuff like that. But it's definitely a don't try and circumvent God's laws. Don't mm-hmm. try and circumvent the people he's put in charge, um, you know, that are carrying out or that are, you know, justly carrying out his laws. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and that can get into, I know in this day and age, that can get hard because you hear, you know, on the news or whatever of some clergy somewhere doing something disgusting or you have um, sound bites from people that are saying they're Christians but speak, you know, vile things and so on and so forth. And so we might be less of a trusting people, but we should, uh, like, you know, still seek wise counsel, God's counsel, and put ourselves under good authority. And like I said, I understand that 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 might brush things a little bit harder here, but hopefully you're in a good church with a good pastor that you can subject yourself to spiritual authority without, you know, craziness or fear or, you know, their sin affecting you in some way or whatever. But yeah, that's... I. It was just, it's like a little law. And then like, I was like, you know, I'm going to reread the story of what was going on with Miriam. And I was like, oh, there's a little bit about leprosy here. Sure. But there's definitely a lot more about that first part of like God saying like, wait a minute, I put Moses in charge okay. and you're going to speak bad about him and his wife. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, because I was just, truck up. I was just curious on why he used leprosy and that scenario. Like, I, I guess I didn't understand how they put those two things together. Um, and I was like, okay, so... There's a little bit in the commentary that I have. Like I said, just a couple of notes. It says, um, it was important for Miriam to submit to Moses' leadership, even concerning an issue of skin disease. Um, people should pay attention to the leaders God has appointed. And that's what kind of led me a little bit deeper into trying to see what was going on. And then, like, once you, once again, if you follow Aaron's uh, ridiculousness in the Old Testament, you'll wonder why he was ever chosen to be, like, a priest in the first place. But the good news is is that God has grace for us bunch of idiots. Ah, uh, that's good. But yeah, I'd they're in trouble. Yeah. Well, I mean, like once again, Moses disappears to go talk to God for a few days and he's like, Hey everybody, don't know what's up, but let's make our own uh image of of this invisible God Moses talks to. Here's a bowl. <laughs> you know, his sons were nincompoops, like mm-hmm. Aaron just wasn't you know. Yeah. This wasn't a role model, but God used Aaron to speak for Moses. He was Moses' mouthpiece to Pharaoh because Moses was quiet and, you know, wasn't a good speaker. And, you know, we see Aaron once again getting a pretty prominent position in Israel, and he was appointed. He was kind of the kind of the Peter of the Old Testament. <laughs> I was just about ready to say that. I was like, he reminds me of someone that Jesus hung out with. Oh, Peter, yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, oh, I was just Peter. about ready to make that comment. 
So, All right, so we got Peter of the Old Testament. We went Old Testament on you today. Yes, we went we went double OT. OT oh, no, inception. No, NT, NT. We went, uh, well, yeah, we went both. I yes. guess we talked about, yeah. So the Peter. All right, cool. So that's all I got on that nice big section. So All right. Next big section. Yes. <clears throat> Ooh, it is a big section. It's three verses. Ooh. Here we go. <clears throat> um, when you make when you make your neighbor a loan of any sort, you shall not go into his house to collect his pledge. You shall stand outside, and the man to whom you make the loan shall bring the pledge out to you. And if he is a poor man, you shall not sleep in his pledge. You shall restore it to him, the pledge, as the sun sets, that he may sleep in his cloak and bless you. And it shall be righteous for you, uh, for the righteous for you before the Lord your God. I talked about it last time, so you get to go first. Oh, do I? Okay. Yeah. So, um, right here, um, it, it kind of, once again, kind of protects the dignity of those that are poor. Um, a lot of times, um, you might be, you, you might get that idea from like TV or whatever, where a loan collector um, kind of comes after you and your property, or or maybe that image of someone, you know, taking your car because you didn't make your payments. But but here there's kind of a respectful engagement here, um, where the loan collector can't just barge into your house and do what you want. There's still kind of a level res- of respect um, for the poor man that, that is currently um, trying to go ahead and 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 really pay his loans. Um, um, what it ends up talking about is when it kind of talks about his his cloak. Um, if you go to Exodus twenty two twenty six. Um, which I'm quickly flipping to, 22, Um, I'm almost there. It says, If ever you take your neighbor's cloak and pledge, you shall return it to him before the sun goes down. For that is th- that is his only covering, and it is his cloak for his body. And what else shall he sleep? And if he cries to me, I will hear. For I will hear, for I am compassionate. Um, so here we see that that example is if you take his cloak. Um, earlier they were talking about his millstone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where that was ultimately his his food or his ability to survive. And right now we, we kind of see here where, where we're talking about his cloak, which is his um, blanket by night, his garment by day, and to make sure that you return that to him before the sun goes down so that he has something to keep him warm. So once again, we, we have this idea of protecting those that are poor, um, not taking advantage of them. And in fact, he says, it shall be righteous for you before the Lord if this is the way that you choose to interact with, with those that um, you have given a loan to or, or those that are making a pledge to you. Um, so once again, an aspect of respect for the poor. Um, it's not necessarily um, charity. It's more of how God desires for us to interact with each other um, and um, a way that we can respect those that, that sometimes may not be respected because of their standing within society. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of... Uh like backwards kingdom stuff here that like mm-hmm. sometimes you'll hear pastors say stuff like it's an upside down kingdom. Yep. Um, this is definitely a little bit different because we see a respect for like privacy. Um, he, he wasn't just supposed to like go through rooting their house through their house to find something that he could take as collateral. It, it was still like the idea being that it was like still the man's property. So in America, if you 
default on your loans or you file for bankruptcy or whatever, the law states that like the bank can come in and sell things of value, um, especially file bankruptcy and anything that you still owe debt on, they can come through and they can sell it and try and get some money back for it. Um, this is kind of the opposite of that. Like you couldn't just come through it. Well, I guess it's still that way nowadays. Like if you're filing bankruptcy, they can't just like come through and like take your bed. Like if you don't, if you don't owe anything on the bed and it's free and clear, they can't just come in and take it from you. So it's kind of the same idea. Well, no, but but, but I'm trying to find a good <clears throat> analogy because I feel like you know you could go to court and they could take <clears throat> your car, they could take your house. So right, there, there's multiple other things that they can go ahead and take in response. Um, it might be you might have to go through some more litigation than them just entering your house. However, you know, for example, they might be able to take your car. And or even your house, and so. But they could only take it if you owe debt on it. So, and that's if you're filing bankruptcy. But if you like, if you stop making payments on your house, they can come back and take your house. Right. But can but, they do that if you use it? Can they do that for other things as well? Well, that's what I mean. They can't. Your... They can't just like come in and like take your TV and say like this will. Ha- we're going to sell this to get money for it. I don't think they can okay. do that now. Okay. So it's kind of the same idea. They can't just go. This person or anybody in in this culture. <laughs> Um, including nowadays, you can't just go ripping through somebody's stuff and say, I'm going to take this and sell it and get money for it, or I'm going to hold this until you pay me back. You cannot take involuntary collateral. But in addition to that, um, what it says, if the man is poor, do not... Uh, where is it? We're professionals here, folks. Um, basically, well, I guess it's... Okay, so... Looking at this again, it says, when you make a loan of any kind to your neighbor, do not go into his house to get what he is offering as a pledge. So I guess uh, you're just not supposed to go in there and grab the collateral. You're supposed to, there's kind of some sidestepping to this. It's a, it's a little bit more like respect their privacy. And then it, I kind of like at the, the end of it, he's like, return his cloak to him by sunset so that he can sleep in it. So he's got to be able to stay warm. Right. But it, yeah, it's kind of a, I guess if you're offering that as collateral, but the person doesn't bring it out to you, you're kind of putting the onus of integrity on them. Like they have to come and bring it to you. Mm-hmm. And if they do bring it to you, you should still allow them to have it when they need it. So really, it's really hard to wrap my mind around. Yeah. I think Very ultimately difficult. though, we, we definitely see an aspect of respect. Um, yeah. We see an aspect of not taking advantage of the poor, um, which uh, I think is a reoccurring theme is not taking advantage of those that are maybe in a lesser position that really should be lifted up by society as, as opposed to being torn more down. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that our society today and back then dealt with um, as you, you get further into the profits and that sort of thing is greed and, and sin does a good job of the wealthy, the more prominent is really good at tearing, taking advantage of those that are lesser or weaker than they are and, and not necessarily boosting them up in society as God tries to encourage, but ultimately tearing them further down um, for your personal gain. And I think I would feel uh, like looking at it from nowadays. So my, so my neighbors, actually two neighbors in a row of mine go to my church and they're members in good standing and uh, one of them's a deacon, so you know they've got leadership in the church and so on and so forth. Um, actually, I think I think all three houses in a row, my house there, I think we all have deacons living in them. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, all the church leadership. It's a deacon street. Of my church lives on yeah one street. So if a meteor hits, we're done. They, they got to make new deacons. Oh, that's whew. well. Yeah, there's a few, a couple streets over, but um, hopefully it's a tiny meteor. It, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
just wipes out the three houses. That's it. Um, I would feel weird if <clears throat> one of them, if I loaned one of them money and I were to like, they were to offer and say, hey, you know, until I can pay back here my car keys. Like, bro, how are you going to get to work? Like, I, I just don't, I would feel weird about that. Mm-hmm. I, um, now, the neighbor across the street offers me his car. It might be a different story. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Well. I would say, but I would think, that, like, it's a chance to show them who my God was and mm-hmm. be, you know, is it kind of the last, like, regarding this righteous act? It might be righteous in the sight of the Lord to have compassion and mercy and grace on that person who, you know, needed money. And I'm not just going to say, well, you know, thanks for your nice vehicle. Since you couldn't pay, I'll keep this until you pay me back. And I, I wouldn't be, like, lording it over them. It, it'd be kind of a, you know... A, a sign of how God was to to me, right? So, right. yeah, it's just I don't know, hard to wrap my mind around. I guess a little bit because I'm like, well, of course you get collateral, of course you get something for that. Dude owes you money. Done. Yeah. If you ever owe me money, mm-hmm. dude, I don't want your clothes. Dude, this is a very nice shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> this is a Henley. You know, you know the it's Bible says. Buttons. I don't think you own any shirts with buttons. You could use this. I don't. Oh no, no, no! Oh, for no, school, you got I, I got some polos. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want these boots? They're waterproof. Actually, a couple weeks ago, I actually wore a tux to church. Is it wrong to make a bet with an elder? <laughs> <laughs> so I made a bet with the elder because the elders were teaching, and I said, "Dude, you wear jeans during your talk, and I'll go ahead and wear a tie." And I just don't believe in kind of going heart part way on that. Yeah, one. absolutely. So I, I came in a tux and everything, um, three piece suit, and oh yeah, is there something biblical about that? No, I don't think so at all. Okay, good deal. Uh, so I, no, no, no. And break any commandments. I don't think there's any commandments against having a friendly wager with an elder. It was fun. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I, thought, ask, I thought you went to a... As Paul or it, Timothy? I thought you went to a Baptist church. I didn't know you guys were allowed to have fun. Um, oh, I, 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 from one Baptist to another zinger. Oh, wait. Oh, you are Baptist? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, you are Baptist. We're SBC okay. in name, okay. and we like their uh, financial support only. I tell people I'm, I'm Baptist by marriage. Yeah. I don't know what they know. I, I just like the Bible. We we have like the there's only a few things that separate us from the Presbyterians. Mm-hmm. And basically it's like infant baptism. Oh, okay. Like and like the Westminster Confession of Faith, because we don't baptize children. Okay. <laughs> London Baptist, sixteen forty six. If you, you hold them underwater, isn't that bad? You like drown your kids? You know, I think I think babies appreciate a bath. Uh, I just true. don't know about like the whole, you know, all the way under type bath. Well, yeah, because I'm. Let's not get into that. We'll lose. Okay. Together. All right. So anyway, right now somebody's like, um, raging. Um, so anyway, let's go back to Deuteronomy where there's no baptism. Yeah, we might be able um, to get through one more verse. All right. So 14 and 15. You shall not oppress a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether he is one of your brothers or one of the sojourners who are in your land within your towns. You shall give him his wages on the same day before the sun sets, for he is poor and counts on it, lest he cry against you to the Lord and you be guilty of sin. Yeah. Um, so once again, um, hired worker. He's poor, needy. Um, usually it would be one of a short-term job. Um, if you chose not to pay him for his daily wage, he might not be able to feed his family. Um, you're exploiting the poor, exploiting mm-hmm. those that, that are kind of in a, a difficult situation. And so by you choosing not to pay um, or having unfair, or unjust paying conditions or paying them something different than what was promised, um, that's actually a pretty big deal. And this time he doesn't necessarily that say that you shall be righteous. He actually just says you're guilty of sin. <laughs> um, so he just comes straight out and says, dude, that's wrong. 
Um, and um, so I think that's kind of what we see here. Um, do you have anything? No, I think that's it's basically like what you said. It's kind of once again that upside down <coughs> kingdom. But you know, if we were to pay somebody to like do some work on your house and you knew that they needed it, they're doing that for the purpose of trying to make ends meet, or you know, maybe they had to have a repair bill they have to pay or rent or whatever. To say, thanks for that work. I'll pay you next week. That person is suddenly like, are you going to pay me next week? Like, I got to make sure. What if, what if they need that pay right away? You know, mm-hmm. on top of that, there's the whole idea. Of, it says do not take an advantage of the hired man. Um, or uh, it can almost be literally translated like do not shortchange the hired man. Uh, so, you know, pay him the wages that they're worth. So don't think they're like, well, he's poor and I need this job done so I can pay him 20 bucks to do what I'd have to pay a <laughs> contractor 300 bucks for Mm -hmm. you know come to a a fair agreement with a person you know knowing that hey you you're maybe not like a skilled in like carpentry but i'm just asking to paint some walls and like i'm gonna pay you x and make sure you're giving them something that's reasonable don't make them like do hard labor and for some scraps from the table kind of thing i I think it's coming down don't have shady business practices treat people fairly um if you promise something, pay them that. Um, does it hurt to even pay them more? Eh, not necessarily. So, so ultimately, it's kind of. And if you say you're going to pay them, then then pay them. Don't just be like, well, dude, I'll, I'll pay you. I guess I, maybe some of the things I hear more often is you get hired labor, and they're contractors that that are working on different houses, and then the contractor or whatever says, oh well, I can't pay you. And you've got people that have worked for weeks and right. or, or months or even just days, and, and you don't pay them. And, and sadly enough, I actually hear about that more often than not, um, of where you've got contractors, and I guess I hear it most within contractors. There's some big stuff here in Cincinnati a couple of years ago. I think it might have been some of the... We had some casinos built, and I think there's a point where some of those guys were threatened by, to not get paid mm-hmm. for a lot of work that they had done because somebody like filed bankruptcy in the middle of the job kind yep. of thing. One of the construction companies. No, 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 no. It was that landscaping company. It was a, kind of a big one. I can't remember which one it was, and I won't name it in case I have the wrong uh-huh. one. And another Cincinnati area listener is like, what? Yeah. Um, it was a landscaping company that was hired to do some big jobs, and they didn't actually have the money yet. And then they went out of business, and like all the people that did the work for like a month didn't get paid. So what happens if you shut down the government for a month or so? And That's, that's old by the time people hear this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't um, get back pay. Uh, well, I know, but this right here is saying that you still oh, need yeah, to pay them in a timely manner. So many of those people had to go in debt in order to survive for, for a period of time. Which I, I did hear a couple of the unions, this is a different <laughs> podcast, but they paid them for, um, uh, they gave them zero interest loans, basically. Okay. So they once they got paid, they just kind of like broke it even sort of thing. So but yeah, I don't think everyone did that. But So, so as a government, um, the government probably, so w- when we say, oh, this is old news, um, the reality of it is, is it actually still happens in our culture today. Yeah. And, and you might say, well, guess what? The government does that as well. So I meant that government shutdown was old news by the time this comes out. Well, yeah, but I yeah, knew that, yeah. right. Um, It'll be warm outside when this... <laughs> All right. But but ultimately, we still see it happen today. I feel like I see it a lot in contracting mm-hmm. um, or hear about it a lot in those situations. Um, obviously, the government does that as well. So really, we're in... Um, uh, an example that I've seen that I've experienced before, mm-hmm. I used to do uh, ceiling texturing. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the ceiling like you can see. And uh, this guy, I remember, he hired us to do a job, and he was supposed to pay us like 
whatever an hour or whatever. And when he came to do the payment, he was like a few bucks short for all of us. He's like, I just didn't get enough out of the bank, so I'll pay you next time I see you. And like, we never saw him again. Oh. So and like, I think that's another example. But I remember we tried to call him to get more work because we were all cool with it because we were like high school kids, and it was kind of neat work. You'd work in a house for three days and like get all sorts of money from it that you'd never seen before because you're in high school and just he never answered the phone calls and all that kind of stuff. I think you got shafted. Yeah. But that's he is guilty of sin. Yes. Because you cried actually did you cry against them to the Lord? No, we were more upset that he wouldn't return our phone calls and okay. give us more work. Oh, okay. But I just I I'm wondering how many times stuff like that if that's kind of a common Yeah. Like Hey, I'll pay you guys eighty dollars to do this. Well, I only got forty out of the bank. I'll give you the other forty later and never see him again. And 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 the thing is, is most of the time those are people that Shady. actually they might not be rich, but usually they're wealthier. They do have a little bit more money. Yeah. Um, if they have the ability to to pay someone to go ahead and do that work, so you should pay what you agree. Right. Absolutely. So so with that, uh, I don't know if we've got time for no. for any more. Um, no. If but we hadn't done that nine minutes at the beginning, we could have, but. We're we're like fifty seven minutes. Oh, wow. fifty six forty five. So next week we might make it through twenty four. I think we will. Um, we'll get into twenty five, and we've got some good New Testament stuff coming up as well. So Shh, don't say that word. Um, don't scare the old. Testament oh, sorry, sorry. Away. Just kidding. No, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. No spoiler alerts. Yeah, there you go. All right, guys. Uh, sorry, this one was so disjointed, but sometimes we don't have our allotted caffeine before we start, and that happens. But we'll try and read better next time. <laughs> Adios. Bye.